What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bald, Bold, and Gold during this feast week. This week, we talk about where Notre Dame currently stands relative to the national landscape and the college football playoff, and discuss what we really want to see happen with the Irish towards the end of the season, before briefly touching on the beatdown we just gave Georgia Tech and South Bend on Senior Day, and touching on Stanford this upcoming Saturday, before giving you our picks for the weekend and helping you guys make some money. Bald fella, off to you. It's like week 14 already, 13, 14. One 13, yeah. Jeez. 13 in the conference, conference championship games. It, this this always goes by far too quick. Far, far too quick. Especially like in like a – seven. I mean, we just haven't really – excitement's not the right word, but just like we've just kind of cruised through the last couple weeks of the season. College basketball has started up a little bit. We have – Quickly found ourselves at our Stanford game. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a game that I think, you know, we'll, we'll get into it later, but it, it's very under the radar compared to a lot of other games. When in the past, you know, Notre Dame Stanford was always almost a headliner of this weekend. You think back to 2015, 2017, when both teams are kind of hanging around, you know, New Year's Six major bowl games, and now it's just like that. Ah. Stanford is like they're not even like bad like they are bottom twenty percent of college football. Yeah, they're they are they they stink, man. And you know it's crazy like they they caught Oregon like this is a team mm-hmm. that clipped Oregon already. And obviously Oregon's flawed, right? And we saw that happen this week. But like they beat Oregon after Oregon beat Ohio State like pretty soon after. So I'm sure I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit, but like. Yeah, David Shaw has has lost grip on this program a little bit, but we can also get into why that's happened with the early signing day period and stuff. With the rule changes, it's made becoming successful at a school like Stanford extremely difficult. Uh, and yeah. like once those rule changes happened, he said it. He was pretty vocal about it. He's like, "I'm screwed," and he wasn't lying. Like they have struggled since those changes, and they are nowhere near the Stanford's of old. Except they keep first like somehow convincing NFL GMs to draft their quarterbacks. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what that. Yeah, we'll get to it. But I really wonder if there is like uh, I, I don't understand how you could kind of recover from what they're at. Like I actually like you're saying, you know, I don't think it's entirely David Shaw's fault. Uh, he gets killed by these recruiting rules. But I also don't see a a sound way of getting back to that. You know, like. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, it's a very challenged. It, it, this this game may be ugly for the foreseeable future. You know, before until they have an answer for that. But yeah, how I, mean, about, I see uh, them also. How about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna no, say no. I see them struggling with NIL, and then you see teams that are almost taking advantage, almost in obscene ways. Do you guys see what Ole Miss did? 
they're giving out an academic bonus. Oh yeah, to, are they? Anybody if, who is for being not, eligible, like, not like three O plus. You just have to be eligible at Ole Miss football, two, like two O. That is ridiculous. I mean, there's a really good rule for them, right? Like that would. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna work. Now they're it's a great way to pay your country. players. Yeah, yeah. And also, I will say, like that rule for anybody screaming, like, "Oh, they're there for an education!" Like, they're getting a free. Like, this is a way to keep college football players students as well. I guess. Like, I'm not entirely opposed to it. It's not like yeah. they're they're paying them for like showing up to practice. They're paying them for being eligible. So, like, I, I'm I know it's a complete loophole and walk around just a way to pay players, but like, whatever. It's a pretty low bar there. It's super low yeah. bar, but it's a bar that the entire SEC is gonna have gonna end up meeting. Yeah. Even, like maybe not Vandy, but like you're telling me Mississippi State is it gonna hop on that rule and with a maybe bigger stipend? There's no reason they exactly. shouldn't, right? Like, as long as as long as they got somebody some booster who's willing to fund it, like yeah. Uh, so how about how about Ohio State? And what they did to Michigan State. That was that's what I would call cruel and unusual. Dude. And it happened I mean, I so wasn't, fast. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this really to even be close, but I yeah. wasn't them expecting to make the number seven team in the country look like Akron or worse yeah. out there. Like Michigan Obviously, State just got throat punched. Yeah, they uh they looked like a power, like a group of five school, as you said, D. But what stood out to me was, first of all, Michigan State gave Kenneth Walker like five carries, but those five carries he went nowhere. And it wasn't. It's I'm not just talking Kenneth Walker. It's like this Ohio State defense has figured out what they are, and I yeah. think teams around the country should be scared about that. Change in play caller, and I think your young guys are starting to play really, really good football. Like you look at somebody like Haskell Garrett, like he mm-hmm. he's starting to look like a man out there. Which is good. That's what they need for them. But uh, he's somebody I'd be I'd be pretty afraid to block. Yeah, he's got some swagger to him now too. Like that D line yeah. is flying around the field and letting you know about it once they hit you. Uh huh. And I mean, I know none of these three guys made the finalists for the Boletnikov Awards, but their three receivers might be three of the best five in the country. Their top three. I think so too. Yeah, they're I, just I mean, victims I... of a deep, deep room. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a bone to pick with with the with the awards people this year. Anyways, we can get to that in a bit, but uh, it's kind of it's crazy, D. That's like a really crazy stat. None of the three of them made made the finalist list. It's absurd. And they like all have nearly a thousand yards and ten plus touchdowns between three different dudes. Yeah. Notre Dame doesn't have one guy that's close to that. And you know, it's not like our passing attack. Do you guys see the stat from PFF has been terrible, especially the second half of the yeah, year? I think pretty good. Weeks 8 through 12, we have the fifth-ranked passing attack, which obviously isn't yards. Yeah. It's more efficiency, but. That's what I was going to say. I don't think we hit – like, I think big – I think Ohio State hits big plays efficiently. Um, so, they do mm-hmm. both. They hit big plays and they do it efficiently. We probably fall squarely in the we are efficient category, um, mm-hmm. which is um, – which is what you know, what you can really ask for, right? Because when you have a really strong run game and the defense plays is really as, as well as it has, um, that that's usually more than enough to get to get where you need to go from a from a winning standpoint. So, um, what other big games? Oh, did, did you guys? 
end up getting eyes on Oregon and Utah at all. I actually had to rewatch this game on the Sunday after um, because I know D and I missed most of it. Yeah, I I also missed it. Um, was at a Trevor Noah show, so I, I missed it, but nice. walked out to a uh, a great result. Yeah. Um, yeah, it didn't look like I had to watch it. No, uh, I I will say here that like. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's gonna happen. How 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 we're gonna how like the the bowl season's gonna play out, but I think you're in a situation now where like this Oregon team. I'd be interested to see if they're gonna quit and fold over. They're a seven uh-huh. point favorite in the Civil War this week against Oregon State, and I would consider Oregon State live in that yeah, game. They yeah, got for sure live dogs. They got bullied, bullied up front. The Utah dominated the line of scrimmage like nobody I've seen before. It ran the ball really well. Um, passing was like – passing attack was okay, but the fact that they ran the ball as well as they did and gave Anthony Brown um, and what's the running back's name, Die gave them fits all day. It was a sound beatdown. It wasn't quite Ohio State, but it was, it, was, it was a big one. I feel like it was kind of coming. We all knew this Oregon team wasn't – you know, they I, I don't want to say they got lucky – because they, they did go into Columbus and actually, you know, beat Ohio State. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like a fluke game. You know, they, they led the entire game. Um, but watching them play, you know, the following weeks, even the weeks before Ohio State, I think we knew something like this was coming. And by that, I mean a loss, not something on the scale of a 38-3 you know, beatdown. But I think we knew it was coming. And it's also why I wasn't necessarily worried about Oregon being in front of us. In the rankings, no, and that's and that's the same thing that the, you you kind of said it to me too. Like I, I said, I said right before it happened, I was like, uh, Michigan's gonna come out ahead of Notre Dame, and I'm still gonna get upset, even though I know I shouldn't. Um, and D made the point, like it's gonna work itself out on Saturday. It's it's going to work itself out on Saturday. Um, so don't no reason to get too invested. I still have a gripe with with the fact that I, I don't see where Michigan's wins are exceptionally better than Notre Dame's wins. And I think since I think Notre Dame's loss is way better than Michigan's loss at this point, you know, given that Michigan state kind of keeps falling, but um, yeah, I, 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 like D said, it's going to work itself out. You're in a really good spot Um, root for a little bit of chaos and, and you're getting a lot closer. So on that, on that note, if Michigan wins, and Michigan wins again. Where where does Ohio State fall? Like it was, yeah. Like Michigan State lost, they're out. Good for us. But losing in the way they did puts Ohio State on a pedestal and gives Michigan an opportunity, I think, and also gives Ohio State maybe maybe a look with two losses. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think it could. I think there's a similar issue there with with Alabama, right? Like Alabama mm-hmm. plays a tight SEC championship game. I think like like those are the, those are the only two teams that I think have a shot with two losses. Like if there's a Big Twelve, if there's a two loss Big Twelve champ or two loss Pac twelve champ, you're not nobody's getting in. ACC's toast, right? The only mm-hmm. two people that have a shot uh, have a shot with two losses, or the only two teams that have a shot with two losses are Alabama and Ohio State. And it's really tough to say what the committee would do with them if they reach that point. So. With, with Ohio State is I don't see them making it in with two losses, and there's two reasons for that. Is one, if the loss comes to Michigan, they're not a conference champ, and they have two losses. 
And they're the second one is champ. Yeah, they're not even division champ. Second one is their loss is to Wisconsin. It's not to number one undefeated Georgia that nobody has lost to. Mm-hmm. And I see them having two losses that come outside of the realm of real playoff competitors holding them back from because I mean that yeah, I guess they, if they do that, they will have beat Michigan, Michigan State, but you know, their losses have come outside of the realm of I guess Wisconsin might slide into the top 10. I think Oregon probably continues to fall out. Um, so is Oregon still going to be in the Pac-12 title game if they win? No, I think you, you, Utah they need is to win. now. I thought that was I thought that was Utah's Utah's... in the South. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Utah's in the South. Utah locked up the South last week. They both had a chance to clinch. The winner of that game clinched their division. Utah clinched the South. Oregon is in with a win here, but they also might be in with somebody else losing. Like, like a, I'm trying to even think who else is up at the top besides Oregon State, uh, who would be pushing. Arizona them. State? Is Arizona State still up there or no? They're in the South as well. I, I think I'm pretty – I mean, obviously, Oregon wins. They – they win. They win the North, but yeah. uh, they might be able to do it also with a loss from somebody else. So while we're on the playoff topic, obviously, and this is not, he is not my fraud of the week. Luke Fickle is a good football coach. He has not figured out the politics of college football because he nope. needs to be screaming on the top of the mountaintop, screaming for his Cincinnati Bearcats, and he's just coming out with quotes where he's like, oh, "I'm not worried about it." I'm like, yeah, I, I think we could probably compete. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's like, dude, you need to be like, we are the best. GD team the country put us in the playoff. If we're not in the playoff, it's an absolute farce. Like he needs to stir up absolute mayhem to put some pressure on the committee. And he's just like playing like nice guy. He doesn't want to piss anybody off. It's like, dude, you got to piss somebody off. Yeah. yeah. If you're not pissing somebody off, you might not be doing your job. Well, no, I agree. Uh-oh. I mean, I think they're sitting in a really good spot where, you know, I don't see them. I don't. I honestly don't see us jumping them. I think their biggest threat is a one-loss Big Twelve champ that dominates. Yeah, but even yeah. then, you know, someone in front of them's losing in that Alabama Georgia game. So, no, the, that, the, the, num- the numbers work out for them. You, yeah, you are concerned about. I think a one-loss Big Twelve team. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, still, it's they they still theoretically, like it's not like Alabama's going to stay put unless it's a triple overtime lose by two game like to Georgia. You know, you still have a spot to kill there. So, unless they, I mean, they just have to win. I think because I mean, they're the rest of their schedule. They have ECU this week, then Houston. Yeah, you know, unless is they ECU game in, in Cincinnati. It is in Carolina. That's actually. I don't think ECU is live. I don't think ECU is live, but I think they're a bit of a better football team than people give them credit for. Um, and you know, this is probably going to be it for them, right? As far as there's like they're they're going to make a bowl, but it's not really going to matter. Like they got a chance to, they, they got a really big chance to do something. Uh, that game's actually Friday at three at three thirty, which would be great. They're seven. They're seven and four, right? They can get to eight and four. They had a pretty good bowl game. I think they're going to. I think they're going to bring it on Friday, especially at home. They could definitely play a little spoiler. Yeah. Um, so what else do we have? We have uh, there's the one... Iron Bowl, which kind of yeah fell off. Auburn kind of fell off back half of this year. But oh, real quick on that, real quick on that. How about uh, Shane Beamer? 
that was great, dude. Bowl eligible for the yeah, Cox. Yeah. That team that team should not have gotten the six wins and they did it. And I think it was I think it was had a lot to do with Shane Beamer. Yeah. Know, honestly. No, that was a pretty impressive. Might have found something there. You, you know what? The, so I think there's two things I want to touch on before we kind of move to next week. And the first thing is like this is gonna to speak to your point, Ian. People are so quick in college football to turn on the to turn on the coach, right? Like like I I I think it's very funny that we get made we as a generation get made fun of for being very impatient, um, quick, you know, quick, don't really think about things too quick to jump at things. And really like old boosters, like they are the least patient people on planet earth, man. Like I do think that Dan Mullen should have gotten fired. Right. And there are other fires that should have happened, but man, like nobody gets very long opportunity anymore mm-hmm. to start to fix things. Right. Um, except for many ideas. Right, except for many DS. But like Shane, but Shane Beamer getting that win this week was 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 pretty big. It was a pretty big step for him. And sometimes, like the, you know, everyone's pretty critical of South Carolina's hire there. Like you could have probably went with somebody else, but they went with the guy who they thought was the guy, and, and he's kind of proving that so far. That's good. And then also on that point, like you see what James Franklin got yesterday. Yeah, all bad. I mean, yeah, him and his family. We're saying- we're seeing the coaches push back on like, you know, getting fired quickly and they're just getting the absolute bag. Now I think, I think James Franklin's buyout isn't that high, but it's still ridiculous that he gets a 10 year extension one. Penn state might end up seven and five this year. Yeah. I think, I think they do that though for recruiting purposes. Like I think Mm -hmm. James Franklin, his (laughs) his agent go in there and be like, if you lock me down and, and, Players know that I'm going to be here for the foreseeable future. Like we could get some guys in here. Like I like there's they, there's a bunch of different reasons why ads do that, and I think like a primary reason is like like they don't want to play this game every every fall, you know, and yeah. and then mess around with their recruiting classes, which get destroyed once a coach leaves. Also, in the case of James Franklin, man, like um, in, in his case. I think the AD chose to value some of the consistency that they bring in. Like they're, they're, they had a bad COVID year. So I think you can kind of wash that out and yes, they could finish this year seven and five, but, but they, they, they play in a really good division, right? Like they play in a division that has Ohio state, Michigan, and Michigan state. Right. And for the most part, Penn state has been consistently better than what Michigan has been and mm-hmm. consistently better than what Michigan state has been. Yes. It's tough to beat Ohio state, but I think, over the past, you know, you want to take whatever sample size, five, seven, ten years. I think Penn State has been the biggest challenger to Ohio State. He might not they've also through. beat Ohio State. They've beat yeah, Ohio, Ohio State. Yeah. They might not break through as the Big Ten East champ next year, but with the recruiting classes that he has on deck and the consistency and stability that he's been able to provide, especially in a past in a in a in a in an era following Joe Paterno, like I guess Bill O'Brien was there too for a bit, but like I think that was really, really important to Penn State. I'm glad he got rewarded for it. Um, I, I hope he kind of sticks there. I like him there. But um, I just wanted to call that out. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and, and all these guys get fired, fired early, but Penn State went the other way and, and chose to acknowledge James Franklin for being for, for being something that was good for the program, even if it doesn't get him a national championship this year. I mean, the one thing is that Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State fans are happy he's there. And as Notre Dame fans, I'm really not because, one, we don't get to really play against him and beat him. Yeah. And, two, he is a good recruiter and has taken, you know, a lot of guys that we've been in on. 
mm-hmm. only for them to be okay with six and five seasons. I mean, what happens if they lose all three games to their division rivals this year? It's very yeah. possible. Mm-hmm. So that's not. But that's what Harbaugh's been doing for six yeah. years. So yeah. Also, it it makes me super 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 thankful. It is Thanksgiving this week. It makes me super super thankful that Notre Dame landed with Brian Kelly. Um, and a that he's been willing to make changes. He's been able to look himself in the mirror and make changes when changes were necessary after our freshman year. Um, and that he's been he's been really 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 solid. Um, and this team continues to get better even in years that you think should be a step back. So uh, kudos to kudos to Brian Kelly for that. Uh, well, and kudos I, to Jack I'm thankful Schwarber. for him this year. And Jack, Jack for not giving up on a, after a four and eight season. Sometimes his patience is great in the case of Brian Kelly, and sometimes I'm running thin there. We we <laughs> lose to the St. Mary's Gales at one a.m. on a Monday. I was, on, on I, the was hard quite fresh. I was quite frustrated. Yeah, that's that's for next conversation. Do you guys? Do you fellas have some frauds for me? Um, I have quite a few this week, but if I had to land on one, uh, this may be a recency bias thing, but the, the jerseys, the hockey jerseys that the USA hockey just put out for the Olympics are disgusting. All three of them. They are awful. It's not a hard Jersey to fuck up. Um, and they've, they've managed to do it spectacularly. Um, I hope we win, but it's going to be tough to watch them. And if they ever wear those Royal blue jerseys in an actual game, I'm going to lose my mind. Um, so fraud of the week, USA hockey. I mean, like the picture they put out, and they look like really thin. They don't look like hockey yeah. jerseys. They, they yeah, literally they look, look like sweaters. soccer jerseys. Yeah. They look like soccer jerseys almost. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah, soccer jerseys, I think I might be okay with these, but hockey, you're looking for something different here. I don't know. I, I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, my fraud of the week, I'm going to go with the Notre Dame basketball 2018 recruiting class. Yep. Um, Bingo. I mean, at some point, and Mike Bray is certainly probably more liable than them for this, but at some point, like, you got to move on. I heard during the broadcast at some point, I think it might have been during one of the other games, but they're like, yeah, these guys all have the option to come back for another year. And, like, Mike Bray would welcome them back. And in my head, I am saying, please know this era of Notre Dame basketball just needs to end. I mean, we have something very exciting in Blake Wesley. I mean, well, I mean, he's the most exciting freshman we've had in quite some time. No, he looks he looks um, like a hooper for sure. He is the only spark of athleticism on this team. Like you think about yeah. the good teams that Notre Dame basketball's had. Like you had a Jaron Grant, you had a Demetrius Jackson, you had a Pat Connaughton. Like yeah, exciting guys that can hang athletically. When you look at this offense, and tell me what you think, deep, but like. We're just passing around to guys that are already guarded. Like, there's yep. nobody that can blow by and force a defensive rotation whatsoever. And so you're just passing to guys who already have a hand in their face, and then they're just like, screw it, I'm going to watch. Yeah, I mean, if you think about end-of-game situations over the past couple of years for Notre Dame, like, it's been Prentice Hub dribble around and jack up a 30-footer. Now you think of the game last year at Duke, for example, it actually worked, but that's about the only time it's worked. <laughs> Blake Leslie's a guy you want the ball like in his hands at the end of the game because he can do something besides take a step back 30 for like he can get to the bucket. He can make a play and pass off a drive, like draw a foul getting to the bucket. Like I'm excited for him in the future, but 
I am so tired of just seeing the same five guys run around the court in Notre Dame, struggle to guard, struggle to you know, get crucial buckets. Like I, it hasn't been fun to watch, honestly. Nope, not at all. That's a good. I'm thought. pretty. I'm pretty frustrated myself with that. Um, it's. I really cannot. I, I don't really like to hammer guys like this, but I cannot stand practice help man. Not. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are so frustrated after our twenty point win against Shamanad last night. Dude, I went to sleep. I was not watching that. I was so disgusted with what happened the night before and woke up so tired yesterday. I was like, I'm not doing this again in case they make this close. Also, yeah, I threw on, I threw on Yellowstone. It was close. Yellowstone's my great show. But, like, also, if you – all you have to do is not blow the game yesterday to St. Mary's. Like, just finish, finish the game and win, and you're on to the championship. Like, St. Mary's rolled yesterday in Oregon. Like – it's so so frustrating that you're that close and you just can't put, can't piece it together. Um, I feel like that's going to be the theme of the year this year. But regardless, my fraud. I'm going to head to um, Ames, Iowa, and go with Matt Campbell um, after a good COVID year, which is looking to be as much an anomaly as Penn State's COVID year. Um, they've come back and not really put up a fight. Um, in any of their big games. We needed them to do something against Oklahoma, and they were kind of in it um, and just never came alive. They are now 6-5, and five, and Matt Campbell came out. Did you see what he said in his press conference? Yeah, that was – what are you doing, dude? Yeah, he's like, oh, I never had a goal to win the Big 12. My, my, my goal was to make this team as close as they possibly can. Like, dude, you are lying. You are lying. You are a fraud. And no, I, I the worst part is I don't think he's lying. I think it's a fraudulent <laughs> thing to say for a head coach. I don't think he lied. He's lying. He his right. goal, he had he had no intention on winning the pack uh, the Big Twelve this year. All he had, all his intention was to make these young men better better men than they started, which it, is a really really no, really really noble goal. Joke, but you could do that and win championships and have that as a goal. Like that should be your one of your goals. That I was I was baffled when I heard him say that. It seems like it seems like he almost um, like wants to lower expectations for himself. Like, like things got too hot, and he's like, you know what? Like, no, this is still Iowa State. Like, there's, we're doing too well. Like, let's just cut it out. Maybe he's like, I mean, yeah, I think Purdy, like Brock Purdy, Charlie Kohler, like all their like uh, Brees Hall, like they're all gone after this year, aren't they? Like, yeah, I think so. Cover's going to be Bruce fairly will not be, He will not be coming back. He has to go. He should not. Yeah. yeah. Brock Purdy's been there since like 08. Yeah. All right. I have I have one thing I want to talk to you guys about. It's uh, what we what we desire for our bowl situation. Do we want to do Georgia – do you want to review Georgia Tech first or do you want to you have that little debate? Well, I, I kind of say bowl situation. There's honestly – I don't have much to say about Georgia Tech. It was just like – I love yeah, no, everybody that on was the football awesome. team. I love everybody yeah. on my football team. That's that's what I have mm-hmm. to say. Uh, ELE, everybody love everybody. Um, so what we're um, what I wanted the question I wanted to pose. I think there's two questions to be had. Um, I think one of the the first question is, would you rather make the playoff or land a New Year's Six game? I think that's one question. I think the answer to that question should be, we should want to make the playoff, no matter who the, no matter who the opponent is. We should want to mm-hmm. we should want to make the playoff. Um, and that I think that that quite that question is kind of the 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 question before the game. The post game result, though, I think is a different question that we may disagree on. Uh, and this was something that was like a Twitter. This was happening on Notre Dame Twitter and Notre Dame t- football Twitter sphere. 
last week. Would you rather go to Fiesta Bowl and beat Michigan, you know, by a touchdown, or would you rather land in the Orange Bowl and get rolled by Georgia? See, I mean, when you put it that way, I'd still rather have the win. But I, I think yeah. just just if, if you're turning to a shot to have a quote-unquote winnable game against like Pitt in the Peach Bowl or Georgia in Miami or something or in Dallas, which is – I think those are the same locations as 2018. But, yeah. um, I mean, you have to choose the playoff every time at least give yourself a shot because you never know what's going to happen three weeks out in the bowl game. Like right. Kirby Smart's like, you know, he's, he's not saving. He's, I don't even think he's Dabo. That's I don't why think I, that's, he has the coordinators either. That's why I think they're two very different questions. Like I think the like the first question about where would you rather get to has, the answer has to be the playoff making mm-hmm. three, making what would it be two and three years and three and, Five years, maybe. Maybe it did that. I think it's three and four. I think it's three and four. Only we would have only missed uh, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So then it would be three and four, which is like really, really super impressive. But from the from the result of the game, I think there is an argument to be made to say that you'd rather still lose in the playoff game because for, for that exact reason, where you will be there three or four years, it's really good for recruiting. It's really good to say that you keep making it. But I think, as a fan who's been a fan for a while, just like you guys have been. I am so desperate for a major bowl win. And I think that Michigan and Michigan's beating those teams in the Fiesta Bowl is so, so doable that I almost land on that. I think I land on that side. Like, I'd rather get a win against Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl than go get fold. And I know that may be like a bit of a loser mentality, but I'm just, I'm just so tired of I'm so tired of that chirp being such a thing for us where we can't win big bowl games. No, I agree with you. I agree with everything you guys have said at that point, or like it, making the playoff set yourself, you know, your program up better than not making the playoff no matter what. Like, that, that's just a, a discussion that shouldn't even be had, like, for a lot of people. It would feel a lot better. It would be more fun. It would feel a lot better to end the season on a win, on a high note, which we haven't done in a while. Yeah. That's especially with what we have coming back next year, too. You know, I'm sure that, you know, some people might leave. You know, we're going to see the Hamilton, Kyron. They're gone. But there's a lot of pieces that potentially – if they come back, Notre Dame might have the most exciting lead up to a season in recent memory. I think. Yeah. And holding back, we always like when we were in college, like 2017 through 2020. You know, we always lost enough pieces to think like, oh, you know, we're going to take a step back. And then sometimes we'd surprise. But you know, if everyone comes back next year, you know, you're thinking this is a really this team is really set up for success. So. And I agree, you know, a bowl win could set us up for that rather than another playoff beatdown. I think, like, I don't really care what people on Twitter have to say. Like, we are – we're just on thin ice with the committee. Like, we just can't keep going and being the sacrificial lamb, which I do think that anybody – like, if Cincinnati's the four seed, like, I know they gave Georgia a good game last last year. It, like, it will not go the same way. It will not go the same way. I – like, what would leave a better taste, Notre Dame taste in your mouth as a committee? Like, getting stepped on in the playoff or rolling somebody in a big – in a New Year's Six Bowl? Because I do think we are better than anybody we would play outside of the playoff. Mm-hmm. Maybe not mm-hmm. Bama. Maybe not Bama. I don't, I don't think we would ever play Bama, but, like, 
I, I genuinely believe that I, I genuinely believe we're the fourth best team in the country. Uh, I understand why we can't be the four can't be the four ahead of Cincinnati, and like I'm I'm okay with that. Look, we didn't do our job in that game on that day in October, and I can live with that. But even if you want to say that, then I don't think there's a better team in the country outside of the – like, I think we're better than Michigan. I think mm-hmm. we're better than all the all the Big 12 teams. I think we're better than Michigan State. Um, and I would be willing to wager that uh, on, on any neutral site. Also, I do think that if we played Cincinnati on a neutral site, we'd probably be seven – we'd probably be a touchdown underdog, but I think we'd be live to win the game. Uh, yeah. I think we could beat Cincinnati uh, today like a draw if we played them. We are better. I understand why we can't be ranked ahead of them right now, but I think we're still better football teams than Cincinnati. I mean, I almost thought we were almost better that day, except for you know, fumbled kickoff and a pick at the five that gave them, you know, took seven points away from us, gave seven to them. That's a fourteen point swing. Boom. We're also so much better than we were back, like back yeah. in October. We made strides. We made strides all around. Um, we're we're so much better now than we are that, which. I hope the committee takes into account because it's the same thing that they did with Ohio State and Oregon. Like, whatever. I, like, it's an interesting dilemma and, and, and thought experiment, but ultimately the guys and girls in the in the room with the committee make to make get to make the decision. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was an interesting topic because I think there are people who are staunchly on the side of like, no, we have to making the playoff is is unequivocally better. That making the playoff and losing is unequivocally better than uh, than missing the playoff and, and winning the football game because you want to try to compete at the highest level. So I, I think there's I just think there's multiple sides to it, and I think I land more on the more on the let's win a big one. Oh, uh, you know, in a in a year that we probably built to do that because uh, I don't think as as much as things can you know anything could happen on every given any given Saturday, and this team's playing a lot better. I just don't see this as a championship winning football team not the way that i saw it with previous iterations of of this of this team no and i mean i mean one thing to consider is that you know i know georgia has more or less throttled everyone except for clemson funny enough which is now their best win Mm -hmm. um you know i i still don't think there's a complete team a la clemson 2018 Alabama 2020, LSU 2019. Oh, thank God we didn't have to play them. But, you know, I, I think Ohio State maybe has the highest ceiling here, especially since they're starting to figure things out on defense. But, you know, there's not a team that, you know, puts the fear of God into you like those other teams did, especially with the talent they had across the – like Ohio State doesn't necessarily have four first-rounders on their D-line like Clemson did. Yeah. I don't know. Something to think about because this Notre Dame team, I think we can move on now, is just, I think, solidly we can say just, like, really good, not great now. Like, they're, they're right now a really good team. I mean, Georgia Tech had not really gotten blown out all year. And 55-0, I know they're playing their backup quarterback, but, I mean, just beat the snot out of them from the first drive of the game. Yeah. I couldn't believe – D, D, when we were we were at the bar together, we, we were at that big beer hall on Saturday watching the game, and obviously we started to run away with it. So I think everybody got a, started paying a little less attention. But I couldn't believe when I picked my head up and it was what was it forty four or forty eight at the half? Forty five, I believe. So we had forty five at the half, and six touchdowns. Yeah. I picked my head up 
at like as we were going to the half, and I could not believe a that it was only halftime, and b that we had scored that many points in the first in the first half. Like you said, I was I know they're playing their backup, but that was that was impressive, and it's great to put up a number like to win by fifty five and pitch a shutout this week, knowing this team gets to play the number one team in the country next week. So I wouldn't be shocked if Kirby tries to go over sixty, but you know it's tough. It's not easy to get up to fifty five against another Division one football team. No, and they they're not they're not great, obviously, but we did just play really well. Like we we were pretty locked in, um, yep. and, and clicking in a way that like if Georgia's not locked in and clicking, they're not just gonna as Chip says step off the bus and drop six on them. Like they're still a power five football team. Like we just played really really well in the first half and looked pretty determined to do something like that and put up a forty five spot at halftime. Um, but it, I, I go back to our conversation a little bit. Like if, when we were talking earlier in the season, like if you were to tell me we'd be, you know, ten and one, and seventeen point favorites going into Stanford, I would be delighted. Like this team and Kelly, like the coaches, other than the mishap against Cincinnati, like they got to be really, really happy with where they've gotten this team. Definitely, I agree with that as well. I mean, the in-season improvements, kind of like we haven't seen anything quite like this. I think in the revised Kelly 2.0 era and obviously in the Kelly 1.0 era too, like the in-season improvements, not now. I think, you know, it's like you said, Ian, like if you told me this result at the beginning of the season, you know, we're 10 and one, 17 points going to the point favorites going to the farm. You know, I would be delighted too, but then you see kind of what happens to a lot of the teams on our schedule as in you know, Wisconsin's probably right around where we expected to be, you know, it, did it go in the order that we expected it to? But no, they're a top 15 team. Uh, it's more so that Carolina and USC is just completely falling off. You know, even the teams we expected to be slightly better, like a Florida State. No, that's fair. Completely being garbage. It, it, you know, it still leaves kind of a foul taste in my mouth knowing what happened during that Cincy game. But, you know, it's not like I can truly be upset and say this is a lost year. Like this team is in a really damn good spot right now. That's fair. I'm pretty pumped with what we got uh, with what we got going in here. Uh, I think the offensive line is playing really, really well. Obviously, Kyron Williams, despite being um, despite not making the Doak Walker watch list, is playing really, really good football. I cannot believe that Michael Mayer did not. Oh make my the god! Award. That's front. That is that. Those. They, that, how did we miss them on the front of the week? Yeah, they they stick. They are on the top of my shit list. That's brutal. And like anybody that like, I think I saw this on Twitter. Like people agree with this, but like. Any talent evaluator is looking at them like, what are you looking at? Yeah. He is yeah. so clearly one of the top. Who made the finalist? Four? Five? I think it was three. Three guys. One three. from Texas A&M. Who, that's, a, that's one I don't get because, I mean, he's not going to go higher in the draft than Mayer will. And he doesn't have better stats than Mayer does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I get it if it's just some guy who's the only option in his offense, which is kind of what the Colorado State kid is. That's a finalist. Like, he has over a 1,000 yards. I mean, he's also playing for fucking Colorado State. Um, then who's the other one? It's it's not even Brock Bowers from Georgia, which I would almost understand. Brock Bowers should have been in there. What about the kid from Georgia? Oh, not from Georgia, from uh, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it should have been those two plus Mayer as the finalists. I think they got – there's an argument that they got all three finalists wrong. Which is just Brutal. stupid. 
Doak Walker's the same way, leaving out Kyron Williams, who, you know, obviously if he's not running behind the worst offensive line in college football for the first four games of the year, <laughs> um, is has the stats. And I get it, like the stats. But, I mean, it's another thing. It's the talent evaluators. You brought up that point. It's watch these guys play and tell me they're not one of the top guys at the position in the country. Like, you can't. Yeah. Absolutely can't. Um, all right. And you have so Kyle Hamilton I, making it playing six games, which is yeah, also funny. <laughs> Everybody knows how good he is. Um, yeah. All right. I don't have too much else to say on Stanford. You guys want to pick some football games? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. I think I'd have more to say on those than I do on our, on our game against Stanford. Um, all right. We'll start with our game against Stanford, though. Uh, Notre Dame is now a 19-point favorite uh, in on the farm. The game is at 8 p.m. on Fox on Saturday night. Um, hopefully we run the ball and that goes quickly because uh, I would like to get to bed on Saturday night. Um, but yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think about this one? I don't think people realize Stanford might be the worst team we've played all year. Yeah, like legitimately, yeah. like worse than Toledo. And hey, yeah, I mean, good. I mean, definitely, definitely, I'll die on that hill. Yeah, worse than Toledo, worse than Florida State. I mean, they're like they're bottom twenty percent of the FBS and offense and defense, which puts them, you know, probably a little even further back than that. I mean, I think we could beat them by 30. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go 41, 10 final. Like, I don't think this is close. 41, 10. Ian, what do you got? I'm going to go 45, seven. Like, okay. I, I think the Stanford offense is going to struggle to move the ball. Like I think Bo Bauer, is going to like fit gaps, like meet, match their physicality. And like, we got a job to take care of. Like I know we're 17 point favorites, but we still have business. We still, this is our last opportunity to put something on tape for the committee. Brian Kelly will hammer that point down. And in turn, we will hammer the tree. Like not even thinking twice about this line. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Notre Dame to win the football game uh, by a lot of points. I'm going to take them to win. Uh, 35-6. Uh, I think no touchdown November continues. Um, and we, sh- we, sh- you know, we may not pitch shut up, hold them two field goals. Uh, but I think we roll here. Um, you know, every, and looking for career days for a lot of, from a lot of people again, um, efficient passing game. Kyron's, I hope Kyron just runs all over these people. Might be another, mm-hmm. might be, may, might be our one, one last big chance to hit Kyron over, over yards total. So that's probably where I'll be lying. Um, all right, Stanford. Next. Stanford are also a bunch of nerds too. So yeah, they are a bunch of nerds. Weirdos. Nerds. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one, big one. The game. Uh, Ohio State at Michigan. I believe this one's at noon on Fox. Uh, Michigan is eight and a half point home dogs. Uh, who are you guys like in this one? Jeez, they, it's up to eight and a half now. I thought it, did they open at six and a half? I think it opened at six and a half. I'll double check the line, but I'm yeah. pretty sure it's eight. But but yeah. That makes it tougher, but I still think, yeah, we saw Michigan's defense get torn up by a Michigan State offense that isn't really great. I'm sorry, D eight. Sorry, eight. Okay, get it eight. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't change. It, it's not going to change yeah. my pick. Like I think Ohio State is just like on a completely different level than Michigan. You know, Michigan's kind of. I mean, they pretty much escaped against a Penn State team that isn't that great. They lost yeah. to Michigan State. I think Ohio State, the way they're playing now, is on a different level than the rest of their division. I think you know they win this game by two two scores. 
So I agree. Well, that's 10 yeah. and 14 and still a cover. Yeah, no, the, I yeah. mean, I don't know what anybody has ever seen to think that Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to hang with Ryan Day. And that, yeah. like, Kay McNamara is going to hang with CJ Stroud. This is CJ Stroud's Heisman moment. This is where he gets it done. I mean, I think Ohio State puts up numbers. Like, who cares about the Michigan defensive line? Oh, they they yeah. won't let up either. If like, oh god, no. they, they god punish, no. Like, if they get a lead, they're not taking their foot off the gas nope, in this game. They? No way. I think they hang up a big number on on Michigan here. Um, I don't think. I think this might be a K McNamara final, gets gets re-exposed game. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I actually do. I actually do think Michigan has a pretty good running game, but I think, like we said, we just saw what uh, what Ohio State did to did to Michigan State, right? Like uh, to Kev Walker, Michigan State. I I don't think that that Michigan has much of a shot here. I don't think that Jim Harbaugh can hold Ryan Day's jockstrap at this point right now. Uh, I think they're going to get throttled. Uh, I got I got Ohio State big. I'm saying closer to three scores than. Uh, I think this line is also a little bit helped by. Michigan rolling Maryland last week and a Maryland team that's yeah. kind of checked out. They're they're bad. I think the Michigan team, the Maryland team, is checked out. I agree. I think that that I, I honestly thought this line was going to be closer to ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, so to get it at eight, uh, I'll be I'll happily take that and, and run with it. Um, next game, big one here. Uh, unfortunately, this one coincides with the, with our game. I will probably watch this game a little bit closer than our game. Um, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State, Bedlam. From Stillwater, um, Oklahoma State is four point home favorites. I think it's seven thirty on ABC. Um, as PFD commenter says, the the the, the sky is just darker in Stillwater uh, for Bedlam games. So I'm really excited for that. I think I think it should be a good game. But who do you guys got? I don't know. This this one's just been eating at me all day because it's four point line. I think that's right around what Oklahoma State wins by. Yeah. Um, I I think I'm going to come back to this one for my lock of the week. Um, okay. But I, I think Oklahoma State, I'll take them to cover and win, which, you know, puts another name. I'm not, I'm almost rooting for Oklahoma here because I don't think they're as good. And I think they have a better shot of losing to Baylor. But okay. I, I think Oklahoma State gets this one. And I think they win by six, a touchdown, maybe but I think it's really close throughout. I think this will be a great game to watch. Me and, yeah. me and D are pretty aligned because I uh, I think I know what his lock of going to be, and I agree. Um, with that being said, like this is a year that Oklahoma State smells blood a little bit. Um, yeah. And it's a year that they can get it done. Like this game, I would always – like it could go either way. And like four, I think is like kind of a big line. Um. But a night game, Bedlam. I'm taking. I'm taking OK State. Um, so I, I really, really want Oklahoma State to, to win this football game. Like I, I will be rooting for Oklahoma State. I don't really like Oklahoma very much. Um, but because I've heard so much chatter about people liking Oklahoma State, uh, and I think that this is going to be a pretty close game, I'm going to go with Oklahoma. Um, I just. They've they've had Oklahoma State's number. I think they've won each of the last six bedlams, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's been a while since Oklahoma State's gotten a win. Um, I think Caleb Williams is still very good, despite struggling against Baylor. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's defense is really good, but I just it's it's almost like this this uh, 
the same thing I have with Ohio. Like, not the same thing, but, like, if Oklahoma has had Oklahoma State's number so many times, you know, it may not stop. Also, I like that the number's above a field goal here um, because, I, you know, I think this could be a really, really good tight game and, and Oklahoma State might win by a field goal here. Um, so I will take the Sooners uh, plus the four here. Uh, another one, uh, another good game this week. I think this is 3.30 on ABC, uh, Penn State at Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State is a one-point home dog, um, close to a pick but Michigan State's a home dog against Penn State. Uh, who do you guys like in this one? Um, I don't know. This, like, this week's just like so tough. I, I think it does get harder throughout the season as we pick these games. Oh, definitely. You know, last, last home game, or not even home game, last game with Sean Clifford, I'm going to ride with him one more time. Fuck it. One, one, more, time with your, one more time with your fellow bomber. Your boy. Yep. Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Like, Michigan State's has kind of gotten the life beat out in the last couple weeks. Um, so I'm, I'm also going to go with Penn State. Sorry, dude. I'm rolling with you this week. But, like, Michigan State, like, Mel Tucker just got paid, and he did not seem to – he seems fine with just kind of – he got paid and then just got absolutely enhanced. <laughs> he almost year. lost he by as many million dollars as he got. <laughs> he almost lost by ninety-five million dollars. But I, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Penn State. I don't know. I don't really care All about right. this game. <laughs> there's not a lot of good good games. That, there's like it's really there's some really big mark marquee good games, but they're not uh, a lot a whole lot of tight rivalry games to choose from this week as there usually is. Thanks to Auburn, just shit in the bed. Uh, Brian Harson also might get fired, but anyways, um, I'm going to take Sparty uh, here. My, plus, uh, excuse me, plus one at home, one point home dog. I think this is a bit of an overreaction because I think the math here says that uh, says that uh, Mich- that Penn State played Michigan close, um, and Michigan's better than Michigan State, um, and I think that's that's kind of bringing this line it, it, the wrong direction. I actually think that Michigan State could win could win pretty big here. Yes, Penn State's playing better football, but Sean Clifford's pretty banged up, man. You, you know he's not close to 100%. So um, I'm going to take Sparty here. I think big big day on the ground for Kenneth Walker, given that Penn State's missing some guys up front on defensive line. Um, and and Sparty, Sparty rolls at home here. Uh, fortunately for everything I just said about James Franklin, being a good coach, he might finish 0-3 against division rivals. Um, but Sparty at home. Uh, Thursday, the Egg Bowl. Thursday at 7.30 on ESPN. Uh, I know there'll be professional football on, but I may tune into this one because this one could get fun. Mike Leach first, uh, first Lane Kiffin. Um, Mississippi State is at home. Um, game is in Starkville. Uh, they're favored by one and a half. Uh, who you guys like in this one? Oh, we're also going to pick the total in this game. So Mississippi State the total number. being favored is – I don't know. Am I a sucker? Like the, I, I've fallen <laughs> for these lines all year. Like, yeah. I, the total is mean, 62, by the way. Over. Over um, as well for me. Leach over. versus Kiffin, I think there's going to be a <laughs> lot of points. Um, like, I, you know, I, suffered, like, I, I saw the message, like, Matt Corral, like, sent out a, yeah. like, big old thing on Twitter. Like, I thought it was him announcing, like, thank you. I'm, like, sitting out the rest of the year. It's like, no, like, I'm fired up for, like, my last time in the state of Mississippi. I <laughs> kind of read the whole thing. It was like. I'm not reading all that. I'm sorry that happened to you. Or good for you. Like, whatever. <laughs> um, 
I, I think he puts on a show. This Mississippi State defense, you know, they're very really, I, I think this Ole Miss office, I think they get the 10 wins, and Lane is the hottest head coaching commodity in college football heading into next year. Yeah. That's a team I would not want to play in a bowl game, the Ole Miss. Give me Mike Leach. Give me Mike Leach. All right. Like, Ole Miss, I bet their team total over, and it is now hits. I'm out. Whatever. I, like, like, I don't really care about it anymore. You got what you needed. I got what I needed. Um, I do think it's a little bit of a stinky line, and I'm not going to fall for it. This might Alexander. be the first time that that that, that Miss State has uh, has made the, has made the board this year. I know, yeah. and they are yeah. they are sleeping giants. Let me tell you. Yeah. No, I think it'll be um, a fun one, a fun one, and I'm going to go with Miss State at home. I'm not sure if I've picked Ole Miss this year, and they've covered. Um, so that's not good. But I'm going to do it one more time. Back to the well for the time's sake. Given that this might be. This might be Lane's final game uh, as a as the Ole Miss head football coach. We'll see what happens in the coaching carousel. But I heard that he would be chomping at the bit to take the job in Gainesville. Um, so, but I will take Matt Corral and the Ole Miss running Rebels. Um, I think that, like D, I'm going to take the cheese here. Um, this is this is definitely telling you to take Ole Miss. I'm going to take them anyways. Um, so I hope they roll. I hope that's a fun one on Thursday night. That one tends to be full of drama. Uh, and tends to be a pretty tight game. So give me give me all mess. Um, all right, who's got a lock? D. Yeah. So when was the last time I, I, I'm swinging back and forth between two? But I mentioned it earlier, so I got to stick with it. When was the last time a total in Bedlam was under fifty points? I don't know. Like ever? Like we've seen these teams put up like over fifty themselves like multiple times in this game. Like mm-hmm. now I know Oklahoma yeah. State has. Probably the best defense, a really in good defense. 12, yeah. Big Twelve recent memory, but Oklahoma's offense is still, you know, I feel like they've been struggling to click the last couple of weeks, but there's still just so much talent over there. Also, Oklahoma's defense is kind of a sieve. Um, I, I think both these teams can get to 25 points. I think one of them at least gets over 30. The other one gets to 20 in this game. Do you, I, totals. Do you, I got you 49. I got 49 and a half. Yep. Yeah. See, o- I was o- on the other side. I thought you were gonna go the other way. Like Oklahoma so State, Oklahoma State's offense is not good at all, and like Oklahoma's offense is also not great. Like, there's only like one unit that gives way to this over, and that's the Oklahoma defense. I don't know. Like, I think that's a low number, so I I like where you're at, D. But I thought you were gonna go the other way. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be. Ian, this game's one? gonna end up like ten seven. <laughs> um, I do have one, and I'm gonna close my eyes and take it. North Carolina is six and a half point dogs. I looked at, at that Carolina one hard. State. Hard, I looked at that one. I don't think they'll win the game. I don't know if they'll win the game, but like that's a lot of points to spot where, somehow. I think where is that game? game? It's at North Carolina State. Okay. Um, but I think though it'll like. I don't think North Carolina State's like gonna pack the house with North Carolina State fans. Like I think it'll be a good environment, but not all North Carolina State. Like that's a lot of points to spot Sam Howell and Mac Brown. So they're not that good, but I don't think they're six and a half point dogs. And I'm gonna close my eyes and take it. Listen, I know that they haven't been playing like I, I know that the record doesn't indicate, but I think they've been playing some pretty good football as of late. Like they they played us pretty tight. Um, they played pit tight. They played pit tight. Like, yeah, I, I don't think this is a bad pick. I looked at this one too, Ian. Um, this one seemed like a little off to me, but 
what do I know? Um, all right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out to LA. Uh, BYU goes to USC. Oh, trying to that's the other one I was sweep. considering. <laughs> trying to complete their perfect sweep of the of the Pac-12 um, this year. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked the next time the Pac-12 looks to realign. They uh, they add them. Um, I think it'd be a good addition for them. But anyways, uh, USC without Drake London, um, still on an interim coach. Uh, BYU's only a seven-point favorite here. Um, I think Kalani Sataki's done a really good job this year, and I think he'll try to continue to roll, um, get another major win against a major program. Um, it won't help the schedule a ton, but it should help to, to move them up in the rankings because obviously there's going to be um, – there's going to be some teams that will that will fall um, just due to due to rivalry week and, and conference championship week. So put yourself in the best position you can. I think they're going to roll. BYU is going to roll USC. So I'll take the, I'll take the Mormons plus uh, minus seven uh, in LA. I like that as well. All right, fellas, that was that was the board. I'm glad glad we glad we looked at it. Um, happy Thanksgiving, yeah. to you guys. Uh, we'll uh, catch up on catch up next week. Yeah, Hopefully we'll get a playoff spot. Yeah, enjoy yep. lots of football. Let's root for chaos this weekend. Mm-hmm. You need as yes, much sir. as that as possible. Let's hope. Let's hope like Alabama and Georgia both lose or something where yep. they can by truly me. becomes a knockout. Sure. Muck yeah. Michigan forever. Yep. Yeah. Muck let's, Michigan. Let's go, I let's hate rooting for. I always rooted for Michigan in this game growing up, and now I've gotten to the point where I actually root for Ohio State, and it makes me want to barf. But I mean, this is truly a game where like. I hope the meteor hits the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> Two least favorite programs in the country. He's like, can these can these teams tie? <laughs> yeah, it feels possible. That'd be great. Are you doing the money? All right, fellas. All right, fellas. Here's to another great regular season. Go Irish. Well, let's finish this right. campaign eleven and one. What do you say? Go Irish. Oh, God, well.